Need a quick hit of Marketing Smarts inspiration? Here it is. We have lifted portions of our Marketing Smarts episodes for those of you who need a quick jolt of marketing savviness right now. Refer to the description for how to find a longer form version. And with that, here it is. So just to recap, simple tips for upping your customer service. Number one, identify two to three principles that will differentiate you from your competition. Sadly and honestly, many businesses have not been doing customer service very well, which means it's a great way for you to shine. Mm -hmm. Number two, a little bit can go a long way. We are not saying burn everything down and start over. Small moments of delight make a really big difference for people. Number three, make it a consistent practice across every employee. Good customer service means everyone and everything sings from the same songbook. And number four, strive for greatness and know what success looks like. Stay on top of it and always be looking for new ways to be better. And our next segment, as all of you know, is in the trenches, where we give real-world examples specific to industries and situations, but with broad application for anyone to digest and put into action. And yes, the hotel theme will continue. (laughs) Take what you've just experienced, right? All right. Number one, there are so many things associated with customer service that I don't know where to start. Please help me, Anne. Yeah. So this is why we said a little can go a long way. So we really want you to embrace that piece of it. Yeah. We'll give you some criteria to kind of help you break it down and think about it even more. So first, identify that things can be done easily and quickly. This is what we talked about. This is, doesn't have to be like a momentous change. Those small things of delight that April just mentioned can make a big difference if everybody consistently delivers those same things. So mm-hmm. modeling it, reinforcing it, and incentivizing it, holding people accountable for it. But making sure, like I said before, too, that these are things that your workforce can accommodate to, right? So you got to really be mindful of the, the workforce you have and what you think that they're capable of and what they'll take responsibility for. Then pick the ones that you believe will have the greatest impact, right? So again, start small, start with a few, don't overwhelm it, but think about things that can make these small changes that can create big impact. And then try a couple out to see how it goes and see if you're right. This is like what we say about testing and learning. This is no different. And if they don't, then adjust them or, you know, it's okay to abandon them and and try some different ones. But always keep a mind for what success looks like, what we said before, so you can evaluate if you think things are moving the needle. Then obviously, it's important to think about what success looks like in terms of your business, too. So again, is it driving word of mouth? Is it creating more repeat customers? Is it making people choose you more often? All of those important things that really signify that you're a brand that people believe in. And just be prepared that it's not all going to be perfect. So doing some things, you know, that just like in this test and learn mindset just helps you move faster. So a lot of people just get really afraid that, you know, they're going to put all this effort into something and it's not going to quite work. But that's why we say pick the simple things to start with. Yeah, and I think that's all really good. And hopefully you can see we're trying to simplify here, right? Like simple tips is the title of the episode. But I think that... It is, it can be a challenge, but I just think that customer service has suffered so much that it shouldn't be a differentiator the way that it is, but it's the time to take the opportunity because that is the reality of the situations we're in. And like Ann said in the beginning, that's industry agnostic at this point. Right. So the things might be different from one to another. Maybe you can get some ideas from things that you just experienced, like April just talked about, that was good quality experience for her or good quality service for her. Yep, exactly. All right. Number two in the trenches, we're starting to automate a lot more things than ever before, which takes away the human interaction. What do you suggest here? 
So similar to what we have been saying all along with other episodes and cautions against technology is, first of all, make sure you don't automate something that only a human can do well. And we've had Mm -hmm. a previous episode that talked a lot about the nuances here. And one of the examples very specifically is don't automate a telephone menu and then give a complete inability to be able to get a human being on the phone when actually you need to talk to a human being, right? So that's number one. But on the other side, we want to say just because you're taking people away, like actual physical people, it does not mean it can't be good customer service or service oriented to your particular target. So Mm -hmm. like Uber, you know, the prompt comes up and it says something, and this might not be exactly right, but like, where can I take you today? Mm -hmm. Instead of Type your destination, right? So, like, that is a personalized brand experience that they're providing. I'm a huge fan of listening to books on Kindle. And now that they've gotten to know my preferences, I do kind of the unlimited monthly. And so they pop up with prompts for me about things that I might like to read. And it even goes so far as to give me, like, based on different categories that I read from. And then anytime an author that I read consistently has a new book, it prompts me for that. So, I, I mean, that's an app, right? I'm never talk to anyone mm-hmm. associated with Kindle. But I feel like that's a personalized experience. And also, side note, when I first started using an actual Kindle, I found it really overwhelming when you go to search for a book. And so I just don't understand I, how they can't sync the dang apps up either. I, it drives me nuts. I know. And so I had a lot of frustration and I didn't go back to it for a long time. I like totally boycotted. But so now for someone like me that like when you say, you know, what's your favorite book? My mind floods with every book I've ever read. I feel the same way when I go on that app. If I was just trying to search, you know, on my own, I would lose interest faster than I could pick a book and, you know, use the app. So in any case, um, and then also uh, my pharmacy just within the past probably two years, started alerting me when my prescription was about to run out from every doctor. And so that's one thing. They used to just call on the phone and then I'd forget to call them back, you know, whatever. But now they do it with text message and I can just hit, you know, type in refill and then it just goes and happens. And Mm -hmm. I mean, literally within like an hour, I feel like my prescription is filled and I'm ready to go. And so those are, you know, some really simple, we're trying to give lots of examples here that are applicable again to lots of people. Those are a few that I think you can still feel that they're looking out for you even when it's not a person doing so. And so the lens that we say to look for is, As a person, if you're going to automate something, what were the perks of having a person as part of that interaction versus the technology now? And where do you make the decision, one, to automate, but then two, how do you bring that humanity into the technological space? Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I'm going to give an example in a second, too, because I'm going to go to the world of bots in just a second, which I am... You love. I am having a significant issue with bots lately. Um, But all that being said, and I'll get to there in a second, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, I do believe in technology is a customer service mechanism for driving customization, for driving facilitation of any actions. I love the fact that all you need to do is tip and refill on your phone and you don't have to call them and try to get through and... All of that stuff kind of creates a very easy experience mm-hmm. for people in order to choose you. I mean, yes. in that customer service is ideal. So any way that you can make the process easier for people to choose you, to repeat, like going back to you, especially, and this is great for doctor's offices or any like regular service that you're going to do, I'm totally, I'm totally, totally in favor for 
what I am struggling with, so, and I'll use this um, example, is I went to go schedule my oil change with mm. uh, King's Kia, right? And you can do it online. And I used to be able to do it on my phone, but for some reason now, and the scrolling feature, it's not scrolling to the bottom where you can hit next. Oh, jeez. Right? So, so you've been trained to do it and you're happy with it and now you can't do it. And now you can't do it on your phone. So I'm like, they're not mobile friendly, which is like a big miss. If you guys are not <laughs> really orienting your customer service to be mobile friendly, you're totally missing out. Absolutely. Totally missing out. That's where you do invest in a big way. Yes. And so what I did was I just like, okay, fine. I'll just like chat with somebody, let them do it for me because it says, Oh, 24-7, chat with somebody, right? So I chatted with somebody. It's obviously a bot. Get to the point, and they're like, oh, you know, you really need to call somebody. They're the, <laughs> they're the best people in order to facilitate, you know, you getting your you know, your oil change. I'm like, seriously, I used to be able to do this just by, like, going onto the site. It takes me two seconds. I pick a time, and then I go. Yep. I'm like, and I even texted back, and I said, if this was as best as you could do, this was not helpful. <laughs> I mean, it was ridiculous. And so then I had to pull up my computer computer because I, I tried to call him this morning. I'm like, well, fine. I'm just going to call him as I'm getting ready. My phone, my, the number was relayed amongst like five different people. It finally went to the service department who never picks up the phone, no, ever. Because they're servicing the cars. Because they're servicing people who are waiting in line to drop off their cars. And so I'm like, fine, I have to pull up my laptop in order to kind of go into it so I can actually get to the next button. And then I was able to do it in like, two minutes. But still, Mike, I spent 15 minutes trying to schedule a regular oil change for my car. I was furious. So make sure if you are going to use bots, your bots are able to facilitate a process that they can actually complete. I mean, it doesn't help if you're like asking them to do something that you're actually pushing them to go do through the bot and the bot can't do it. Yeah, I think you bring up a really good point because I feel like bots are one of those places where people got overly excited and feel like they have to have one, right? Because it's a bright, shiny new thing. Exactly. And didn't think through, well, the customer experience, but then also the technology on those things, depending on what platform you use and how it's connected and how your website's hosted, all those different things. I don't feel like bots are integrated to the level of sophistication on the technology side either. So you have like people getting excited, wanting to use them, and then the technology not being what it really should be in a lot of cases. And so that's where I think you just, it misses the mark and you end up with a mess like you just did. Yeah, you just end up wasting people's time. Yep. All right. Number three in the trenches. You said consistency is key. Is it possible to come back from a bad customer service experience? All right. And I'll take this one. So Here's what I'll say. If you've consistently provided good customer service and this is truly an anomaly in the experience, then yes. It's an outlier to the experience and people that have come to know your customer service can view it as that, think on all the positive experiences that they have had and excuse it as a snafu. So generally speaking, right? But on top of that, I will say there are degrees of customer service and degrees of expectations. So if I'm a company's biggest client and someone leaves said company and I've worked with that person successfully for years and I get bad service coming out of that, I may start to question whether it was the person that was Mm -hmm. awesome to work with or if the company actually served me well and will continue to do so. And then finally, I will say it's all about what you do as the result of the bad experience. So let's go back to the hotel and my sister's wedding. That relationship, that situation actually started from kind of a bad place and was able to recover 
but they've made a pretty big oops in the beginning. So my parents and my sister and her fiance went down to the Renaissance at the planned time to do their meal tasting. And their coordinator at the time was there, but she had completely forgotten it. Mm. And they didn't have the food there. And they didn't have the chef preparing because there was another event that night, whatever, whatever the reasons were, right? And so as you can imagine, nobody was happy about that situation. Weddings are horrible for mistakes like this because anxiety is already running high and you're stressed out and you're spending a whole lot of money. I always say that people hear the word wedding and tack on 20% right away if they're any sort of vendor. And so that was a lot, right? So fast forward a couple of weeks and that person was no longer with the hotel, So they bring the new person in and we requested a meeting with her. And, you know, of course, I'm in a little bit in the middle of things because that's just what I do as the oldest sister. So we went down to meet with Tracy, the new coordinator, and she was well aware of the situation that had happened. And there were some other like little things here and there that just weren't buttoned up the way we wanted. And it was immediately she came in. She said, look, I apologize for the situation. We take full responsibility, which for her, you know, she hadn't even been there at that point in time. But, you know, she comes right in full responsibility for the situation. She's clearly assessing our personalities right from the start. And she's like, you know what? You guys, like she heard my sister say something about a cocktail. She's like, oh, you want a cocktail? We'll get you a cocktail, of course. And so she goes and finds the bartender who hasn't even fully opened the bar yet for the day, you know, whatever, and sits down with us. And all the way through the process, that continued. She, you know, told us to ping her anytime we needed to and, you know, follow up and whatever. And she would proactively follow up. And the night of the wedding we realized at the end of the reception that she was still there. And we were like, well, that seems a little bit crazy. You know, she's worked the full day and now it's 11 p.m. and she's still here. And whether that was part of the role or not, it just felt like she went above and beyond. She was in front of us when she needed to be. She was respectful when we were interacting with guests. She kept us up to date on anything that happened. And she even took notice, my sister doesn't eat red meat, and the combination dinner was chicken and steak and she saw her hand it to her new husband and she came rushing over and was like mandy why didn't you tell me we could have gotten you a chicken option only let me send somebody back you know so Mm. anyway all of that to say it was a fairly big snafu for the event we were trying to have in the beginning and it just recovered beautifully and on the other side of everything right no one mentioned that at the wedding because mm-hmm. we had such a great weekend. The o- We've only had good things to say since then. They completely recovered and went above and beyond recovering with the subsequent experiences. Yeah, I and I have several examples. And, and I think the theme, and I'll share my examples as well, is that they fix it, right? Fix they it. take responsibility and fix it. They don't try to defend it. They yep. don't try to say why they were right or why they messed up or whatever. They're just like, you know what? You're right. We'll fix it. Yep. And I'll use patio enclosures, and I've talked about them before. Um, they're the ones who built our Four Seasons room, right? They made a gazillion mistakes. A gazillion mistakes. I mean, silly <laughs> mistakes that they shouldn't have made. And every time they made a mistake, i call them, and they'd be like, oh, yep, I guess we did that. What do you want in you know return? Do you want money? You know, do you want? Usually it was an upgrade. It wasn't money off, but it was like, do you want? It? What what upgrade can we give you? I got so many upgrades on that thing. <laughs> like at the end of the day, when somebody comes and they see the room, like this room is beautiful. I'm like, it is beautiful. It's actually well constructed. It is beautifully designed. And you know what? They were <laughs> made a lot of mistakes, but they fix every single one of them. And now because of that, we have this and this and this and this. So I will say, you know. 
they were able to redeem themselves, similar to how Renaissance was able to redeem themselves, because they took responsibility for the mistakes. They didn't try to say, like, well, when we talked about it, you said this, and I said this, and, you know, it's not in writing, like, explicitly said, they just said, yep, yeah, that was us. Um, So that was, like, I I really appreciated it. And I I didn't take advantage of it either, So because I know a lot of people tend to, and that's why a lot of companies are very resistant to be overly indulging in customer service. But heck, I mean, we were spending tens of thousands of dollars on this thing. So you obviously there's like layers of, um, of, of that that you need to kind of consider with regards to what layer you're going to or what level you're going to um, indulge in yeah. being able to um, provide any kind of like compensation or whatnot um, because you have to have a financially viable business. But that all being said, too, did you want to also share what's going on with Papa John's since you shared that with everybody about how oh, they've yeah. come back around and they're trying to fix it? I, you're right. Yeah, I, I didn't even think about that, but absolutely. We're talking about customer service, right? So. Yeah. I put Papa John's a bit on blast in a recent episode, and um, for anybody that didn't listen, it was that the system spit out a two-hour wait time on the pizza stores four blocks from where we live, and it was a Wednesday night and nothing was going on downtown, so it seemed weird. So I laid out the whole story on that previous episode, and if you want to listen to that, you know, you, you can check that one out, but... Um, we posted also on our social and tagged them, and immediately... We had customer service reach out and want to help fix the situation. And so um, Jess, who helps with our social, responded and sent them a previous email of mine. And they came back again and said, we don't have that email on file associated with an order, but please let us know the right one. We want to make sure we make it right. And so then she submitted the right one. So all of that to say... They are, like, extremely committed. I mean, like, we're not Mm -hmm. hounding me in a bad way, but, like, you know, if they didn't get a response, they were coming back. And so I am pleasantly surprised. I mean, I've told that story now, which is, you know, Anne's point, right? Like, Mm -hmm. we were actually out to dinner with my sister and her still fiancé last week, and he said, I saw that post. Good for you guys. Like, you know, good you put it out there, and I think it was really smart, and that's the kind of feedback people should give. And it was professional, and I was like, yeah, and you know what? They've reached back out to me. And he's like, you've got to be kidding me. And I'm like, no, they want to make it right. They want to talk to me. They want to set up time. They want to figure out how they can fix it. And I'm sure when they go back through my order and realize I order every Wednesday night when Ainsley comes to babysit, they're going to want to make it right even more. So yeah. anyway. <laughs> well, no, I think I think it's good just to kind of close yeah. a little because that's no. even a big, big company. A huge. So, yeah. you know, even if you're sitting there with a big company, you're like, how am I supposed to do this? People are figuring it out. Yep. Businesses are figuring it out. And again, it's differentiating between something that's a big commodity based mm-hmm. business is you know pizzas and stuff yep. and they're using customer service as a way to drive that affinity with their customers or loyal customers which if they lost April I mean they would lose a lot <laughs> I, mean, it, I mean seriously um you know speaking so that I just wanted you to yeah no, I that think one. that's I was a, a good one. wonderful point yep all right, fourth and final in the trenches. How do you identify the areas that you can have the most impact on in customer service, Anne? Yes, yeah, so this is where we say, and we've talked about a lot, you really need to take a look at your customer journey. All right, so you need to understand how, first, people are meeting your business. All right, so how are they becoming aware of your business? How are they coming into your business? What do they know about your industry? And really trying to figure out what you can do in order to delight them, in order to add value to them, especially so they're going to spread that word of mouth, all right? So 
that works on the front end. It also works on the back end, as as April just talked about with the Papa John's example. Yep. Or the Renaissance example. Then you need to figure out what do they do once they are actually there. So this is in actual reality. It's also figuratively like on your website. So this is basically kind of understanding how they're going to interact with you and what you want that experience to be from start to finish. All right. So it's not just in one aspect of it. And that's what April articulated. If it was just a person that she had checked in at at the Renaissance, but it wasn't anybody else, it would seem like an anomaly in the process. And it wouldn't consistently reinforce a brand experience that that she found enjoyable, right? So you need to really think about what kind of experience you want them to have along that journey. Then you have to think about how do you want to actually take them through that experience or how they can navigate it on their own, whether it's with a tech or whether it's actually with a human experience. It all needs to be cultivated in order to be able to deliver that feeling you want them to have. Because remember, the feelings are what creates the emotional engagement that keeps your customers coming back to you. And then how are you building a lasting, ongoing relationship with them? Repeat clients are very, very important. They're easier than getting new clients. So you want to make sure you're catering to them and you're thinking about, okay, once the experience is done, it's not actually done. It's like, okay, what's the next experience look like? How do I keep them in my my funnel here? And then what do they appreciate about you that they're not getting from others in, in, in your industry? So think about what your industry looks like in general and how you can specifically deliver that differentiated experience like we talked about. The next Think about what kind of feedback you're getting. This is going to be really important. And this is where I'm going to say, too, on the, the actual customer side, it's really important to provide real feedback. Yes. Not just complaining about things, but providing very specific feedback. And my kids like get on me all the time and they're like, Mom, you're so mean. I'm like, no. I'm providing very clear feedback about how their experience is not consistent with the brand that they're trying to build. They need to know that so that... Other people who are not as vocal don't just opt out and it ruins their business. Yep. You know, So provide clear feedback as a customer to your businesses in a very polite, respectful way. Don't make it a complaint as far as like railing somebody, but be very clear on what that feedback is. Then as the business, think about are there themes to the feedback? So is service slow? Does it take someone days to email me back? Think about how those things are cascading across a big bunch of your business and causing basically an anchor on your business. Then also, are you hearing the same thing at certain points in the journey? So every time I walk into the salon, it smells bad. That doesn't enhance an experience of being in the salon. The front desk person is always rude. I don't know how to find the office. So these are things that are wayfinding things and also experiential things that help to build that brand experience. Then are there certain people resources that are not working? Again, this is really hard because this goes down to sometimes the people and making sure you're hiring the right people for the job, which we talked about is a little bit difficult right now. But you've got to have some criteria associated with that because some people will drag your business down very, very quickly. And you just can't afford to do that in the short term because it compromises your long term. And then finally, which issues can you address most quickly and ha- to have a significant impact? So take those themes you're hearing and really prioritize them and then tackle the easy ones first, as we've talked about. That will help you create that immediate change that then creates that momentum that then leads to long change. Yeah, and, and that was obviously a whole lot. But what we're trying to do again today is simplify things for you or break them down in a way that makes it easier for you to leave this episode literally and go to start improving your customer service. So 
I think the customer journey piece is something that gets missed a lot. And what I mean by that is that people don't take the right step back to look at things at the higher level, but then across all the touch points. And so they're like, for example, okay, so there's an instance, let's say, like Ann said, the nail salon smells every time you enter, right? That's a problem. And you might get that feedback a lot, but that might not be the entire reason people don't come back. Right. And so if you Mm -hmm. look at the whole customer journey, you can assess like, okay, so we've gotten this feedback a lot and we definitely need to fix that. But is that tied to the whole experience that's happening or is there something else more broken than that that's causing a breakdown in the experience people are having? So and it, it really it sounds like a lot to do it, but it really isn't if you look at the feedback you're getting and then think about it in terms of the way that you serve people, you can get to those bigger insights more quickly than you think you can. Yeah. And the theme ones too. So yes. if, you, if you're trying to adjust every single person's feedback as it comes in, this is why <laughs> yeah. we're a little hesitant when we say, you know, put out these surveys because I think the surveys came back in a very generic format. Yeah. Um, you can't chase feedback. Look for the themes. Look for the biggest opportunities that are going to help you increase the, uh, the, the, the popularity of your business and help you get more clients more quickly. Still need help in growing your marketing smarts? Contact us through our website, forthright-people.com. We can help you become a savvier marketer through coaching or training you and your team or doing the work on your behalf. Please also help us grow the podcast by rating and reviewing on your player of choice and sharing with at least one person. Now, go show off your marketing smarts.